again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag. I am your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. And I'm your experienced gamer co-host, Keith. And I'm Liz the Noob. And today we are going over Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition, which is by Moon Studios, which is, this is their first property that they did, and it's soon going to be their sequel because they also later are coming out with a sequel for this game later this year. This studio originally came out in 2015, which was released on the Xbox One, uh, but the Definitive Edition came out after the one-year anniversary, which some much-needed improvements, uh, new mechanics, new uh, areas to explore, new abilities. The game is a Metroidvania-style 2D platformer, and the synopsis of the game is you are a young forest spirit that was separated from the forest tree. You are found by a creature named Naru who raises and adopts you, and after some time, the tree tries to call out to you, which ends up causing a cataclysm, which ends up killing the forest, which ends up killing your friend that adopted you, and, and eventually actually ends up killing you, but your character dies in front of the tree and gets resurrected by the tree to try to save the forest. So, Keith, tell us, why did you pick this game? What drew you to this game, and what experience did you have with this game beforehand? So, honestly, I really didn't have any experience or any history with the game. I remember watching it when they announced on XCON last year, I believe, that they were talking about it coming out. So I knew it was highly anticipated, and I generally like those that style of platformer type of games. The artwork seemed just really incredible, and the reviews were amazing. So I figured, why not check it out? And this was your first time playing it? Yes, that is and I'm assuming, and Liz, did you know anything about this game at all beforehand? No, when he picked it, I watched the trailer. That was the first time I'd ever heard of it. So starting off, I, for me, I got to say, which is probably the weakest link of this game. But what did you guys think of the story? So the, over the, the in-depth story of this game, which a little bit of a spoilers here, but I, I generally don't think it's too much of a mess. So the general story of this game is, so you get separated from the tree. The tree misses you and does this bright light festival. They call it like the light ceremony to try to find you. And in, by doing this, you end up killing the main villain. It's a giant owl. You end up, the tree ends up killing its babies from the light. I guess the owl really hates light and it ends up killing the newborn babies. And so to get revenge, the owl goes and removes the light from the tree, which ends up killing the forest. And drops the light in the middle of the forest, which you end up finding. That becomes your partner. Uh, the light's name is Sane. So the light ends up following you and is actually your main way to attack. So the whole purpose is like the owl is now trying to get revenge on you while you're trying to restore the forest. But I kind of got to ask you guys, I more felt like the tree was the bad guy. Did, did you guys agree? I mean... Because this whole thing was caused by the tree. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because... It's sort of a basic story enough that it's hard to say for sure, but I know my own personal last thought after about my 650 to death or so, it came to me that I'm only doing this just because of this tree. If the tree didn't have to go killing owl babies, no, yeah, this it was would like, be an issue. It gave no backstory about as to why the light is poisonous to the owl. Because like, it wasn't like, oh, this owl's evil. No, it was an owl minding its own business. And the light touches the babies and kills the babies. And it's just like, okay, like, 
that was kind of rude. Why to kill the why to kill these babies? And so the owl's just trying to defend itself by getting into the light of the forest. I see. I don't know if what they were trying to get at was some sort of a like a yin and yang thing. You know, the tree represented light, and then the owl represented darkness. And in doing so, you know, they were kind of enemies by nature. But again, a bit of a spoiler, if you will, but the owl ends up trying to help you and helps restore the tree at the end of it all. So in order to save its last baby. Yes. True. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, is it, is it like a sacrifice so that the balance can live on of, of light and dark? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm stretching at it a bit, but that's the only thing I could think of. I mean, did the tree know it was going to happen? You know, I feel like was the intent there. I feel like it did. So, there's no actual dialogue in the game. The tree itself and the forest spirit, the little ball that follows you around, are the only things that actually do a text dialogue in the game. And at one point they talk about how some of the creatures embrace darkness. So I guess the tree must have known that it would maybe anger the owl, but it didn't give any backstory saying that the owl was evil or embraced darkness, why it embraced darkness or anything like that. Because obviously these creatures have been coexisting for years because it's a full-grown owl that has a family. See, I feel like there wasn't enough of the story for me to really have too much interest. I mean, hearing you guys talk about it, I feel like I'd be team owl. But I mean, for me, I just felt like the story was an afterthought. Like, I don't think much went into it. Like, they didn't think about, like, why and, and all that kind of stuff. So for me, I was just like... I kind of didn't care when I was playing it. <laughs> See, I, I agree a bit with that statement as well, because with the Definitive Edition, they added a whole new map section explaining more of the history of the creature that adopted Ori at the beginning. Because there was literally no explanations about that creature or where it came from and anything like that. So with the Definitive Edition, they added a whole section kind of giving a backstory of the people of, of Nauru, the creature who adopted you. Yeah, and... I read something online actually where someone when brought or was making a mention about the definitive edition. I guess if you read into the, some of the storylines, and I skipped over some of it or glazed a little bit maybe, but it it almost indicates that the darkness was sort of in that area all along. So I'm almost wondering. And one thing that was curious to me is was Naru somehow like an animal that embraced the darkness to begin with. Yeah, I kind of agree with that too. Sort of, you know, learn to love or, you know, learn to be part of the light. That's what I was wondering. See, I don't agree with that part because at the beginning, when the tree is calling out to Ori, like it's sending out this bright light, Nauru sees that bright light and gets scared and grabs Ori and hides in a cave with Ori. So Nauru, I think, knew that the tree was looking for Ori, but Nauru didn't want that. And so Nauru got scared of the light and grabbed Ori and ran into the cave. So that's why I think Nauru is maybe actually still kind of a dark creature. Yeah, it was... I don't know if this is a weird connection, but almost like a golem in some weird way. Like, kind of. Protect his, his precious. Because <laughs> even when you look at it, though, it's very much of like a sad, mopey character. So it, it, it felt to me that, yeah, it was like a dark animal. But it, again, it had found Ori and it... It found this joy, I guess, in some way, because they're you know those opening scenes where they're collecting fruit together and they're just having fun and running and playing. That's about the most excited you see the character, except yeah. for when they well, try to he, save he you. Yeah, well, he dies most of the game. <laughs> well, that's true too. 
I guess I was I did think based on the original cover work that I was going to see a lot more of that character. Uh, yeah. I thought it was going to be like a buddy platformer where you have the one who, you know, the Naru is strong and moves trees and no, nah, it it just died. Yeah. It's kind of sad, but you get by. <laughs> yeah, they they kind of wanted it. They went with like the uh the movie up approach by doing like a sad beginning kind of like hits you in the gut and then it's like well have fun on your adventure (laughs) (laughs) and now you're on the way going back a little bit just to the story i mean the whole thing of this game they built this on the visuals and the music to it oh yeah it's absolutely just gorgeous it's it's all hand uh, hand painted i think so all of the artwork is is very you know attention to detail everything's beautiful and then the music that they complement it with is is pretty incredible yeah the environments i think are absolutely stunning in this game because i mean it's a 2d game but i felt like all the actual environments they felt very 3d like everything felt like it actually had depth to it uh and a fun fact i actually read that none of the assets in the game are reused so there's no like copy and paste of certain trees or certain mushrooms every area is specifically designed with vegetation just for that area Actually, that was really interesting, and it's a nice... It is cool. Yeah, it's a nice show of, like, the passion they had for this game and the detail they want to put into it. I was going to say the enemies felt a little bit flat. Yeah, I guess it's the only thing that was copy a- copied assets. Which, uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that as a complaint by any means. No. Just at points, you're just like, all right, now they shoot fire at me instead of, a, you know, just a ball of spikes or whatever. I agree with you guys. I thought they were wonderful. I mean, that was probably, like, the one of the best parts of the game and it's also really fun to explore like you said earlier there were so many different places to go and i mean they had like the water too that you could explore once you got that ability and so each place brought something new and fresh i thought it was really good well and actually too you you mentioned it feeling 3d and i think one of the reasons too that is they actually manage certain 3d effects where they bring up those like the shadows of the frogs crawling just ultra close to the screen so you feel like you're looking through the forest and kind of watching Ori through these platforms rather than playing as Ori in some cases. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you'd see creatures like moving through the shadows like closer to you. The like the viewer or make maybe in the background you'll see like some shifting in the background that's kind of looking as like someone's watching your character as you're going through. Oh, it, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, they did at the beginning and uh when you're going and finding the other gangly guy what's his odd gumo yeah so you see gumo who's like this lanky creature you'll see him kind of shift through the shadows in the front and the back and so it kind of gives this like cool 3d's perspective it's like someone's watching you is that the guy that you have to steal the thing from yeah he's first evil but then ori saves him and so he ends up embracing the light which is also another thing that's weird because they talk about how creatures that embrace the darkness which i'm assuming the owl did but touching the light is what killed the creatures. But Dormu, whatever, can embrace the... Gumo. Sorry, Gumo. Just said it. <laughs> Gumo can both embrace the darkness and the light, but being like not affected by it. I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. Well, they, they made an indication that their creatures or their species was actually a good species. Like They used the light to almost create technology and, and whatnot, but... When, I guess, when everything happened, that was, they got frozen, I believe, right? Yeah, it backfired and then froze everyone and killed everyone. And so now Gumo's the only last living one. 
So this game is all about mass extinctions, basically. Yeah, more or <laughs> because, less. Because when the owl takes the spirit from the tree, it kills all the other forest spirits except for Ori. Naru is the last of his species. Gumo's the last of his species. Uh, at the end, the owl dies, and all that's left is one baby owl. So this game is literally just about mass extinction and surviving creatures, like the sole survivors. But it looks like it would be like just a fun and cute game, though. It does. Like the, if you look at like the main character, it's like, oh, it's adorable, you know? And yeah. It's like, oh. oh. I love the main character's design. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Part cat, part, like, lemur. I got a bit of fox, maybe, in there. Yeah, a little bit of fox. I don't know. It's it's a really interesting, but it's it's a really nice design. Yeah, I definitely... I part of me thought that it was maybe a kid's game going into it or maybe not once I went into it but at least when I used to see it I just go ah, that's that's just a weird cartoony kids game or whatever and then the first time I was going to play it you actually said good luck to me and I laughed because good luck what, what are you talking about now I know why uh, yeah this game a, is brutally hard <laughs> it is not an easy game so so that kind of took me a little bit a little bit by storm Funny, funny story about the achievements. As you know, there's the achievement. Uh, maybe I'm getting ahead, but the achievement for don't die once. And I was like, man, I wonder how hard that is. And as I did that, I jumped on spikes and died. And that was within the first minute I played. So has anybody done it? Oh, oh yeah, a lot of people have. It's yeah, there's plenty of speedrunners on that you can watch. Yeah, it, it it became a speedrun classic. I think that's what considering how much it. we all died. Yeah, so I guess, so we all looked up our numbers. So I originally played this game on normal. I beat this game uh, a couple months ago. So I played on normal, and I ended, I think, around 3.30 for my deaths. And that was 100%ing the game. So I am, I've beaten the game. I haven't 100%ed it in terms of a couple collectibles and things that I've got to get still, but fully beaten the game, and I've got 832 kills under my belt. Yeah, I only uh, completed half the game, and I died 314 times. <laughs> yeah, I said, for me. And I started to replay this game on hard, and so far I am at 58% done, and I'm at 120 deaths. So I'm kind of on par to being at the same amount of deaths I had when I played it on normal. I feel like if I knew they were going to be calculating it, I would have tried a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying you don't try hard? <laughs> No comment. <laughs> no, I'm but just kidding. It is really nice, though, that it doesn't do anything to penalize you. There's the one achievement that basically nobody gets except for, you know, well, incredible it, people. It penalizes you if you don't pay attention and you don't save. Well, yes, that is or something I kicked myself save. so many times. Yeah, like if you save when you're low on health, that really, that really sucks, especially if it's a hard part. But other than that, it's very forgiving. It is. Yeah, right. generally when you kind of fail, you only have no one to blame except for yourself. Yeah, for the most part. And, and that was the thing is every time I would do it, I would just let out a sigh and just, all right, you did it again, Keith. <laughs> On to the next one. Yeah, I really need to buy a camera for myself when I start recording because I feel like 90% of the vid footage of me dying is just me slapping my forehead. Because so many times I'm just like, oh, I did such a dumb thing there. Why did I jump that? See, I panic. I, I see something, like, coming, or, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't fall on those bikes. And then so I jumped the wrong way or something. For me, like, I feel like 90% of my deaths were I was panicking and just smashing buttons. 
it, it was very comical watching you play because you would be doing the same maneuver over and over again and then you scream and yeah you start bashing jump when you're trying to attack an enemy and you just see your character jumping up and down as the enemy's like beating you up see I truly am somewhere between the two of you on this Cause, and, I'm, and this isn't even a complaint just listening to you talk because I watched you streaming a bit Andrew and you were really good with, so the game has a mechanic where you can bash enemies but in doing so you boot burst forward i could do it but you are very fluid very smooth i watched you go across the line of about five enemies i just jump up and down and just try and kill everything as it is i don't usually panic too much but i just have the the do or die strategy when i go through i didn't play with a lot of finesse as my 800 plus kills may indicate yeah when i'm my try through and hard i'm i was trying to see how quick i can do it and where I'm at now, I think I'm two and a half hours in. Or I might be at three now. So yeah, I'm, I'm at like 56% of the way there. And I'm at like, yeah, little probably a little shy of three hours. Okay. Which the, there's an achievement to beat the game in under three hours, which, yeah, there's no way I'm doing it. <laughs> this playthrough. I, I almost wonder if that would be doable on easy. I, th I had that Possibly. Not for me. I mean, so as far as difficulty goes, so there's easy, normal, hard, and one life. So when you do the difficulties, the only thing it really kind of adjusts is how strong the enemies are. Uh, and I think some of the spikes will actually do a little bit more damage. Some spikes are instant kill, but they kind of just adjust the damage. Like when you do different difficulties, it doesn't change the platform at all. It doesn't make any of the platforms more narrow or like you have fewer spaces, like you have a larger space to jump through. It doesn't do any of that. All it does is affect the combat, which I feel like the combat for the most part is kind of a side thought to this game. This game is very much focused on its platforming, which I think they did a top-notch The job sequel, with. the fighting looks so much better. Yeah, so you can see in the abilities. sequel they look like they're trying to focus more on the combat, which is really nice. So I think it's going to be a bit more fun to play. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for the sequel. I mean, I'm not complaining. I think the combat is well enough, but there wasn't anything too strategic with it. Because you have the little ball saying that's with you, and all you do is just push the attack button, and it kind of... it. There's no aiming involved. It just will shoot the nearest enemy near you. So the combat, I thought, was just very simple. The only thing yeah. that made it interesting was the ability, as you were saying, Keith, to be able to either attach yourself to an enemy projectile or an enemy itself, and you basically kick that enemy away and launch yourself. So it's a way to kind of either kick enemies into spikes or to shoot a projectile back at an enemy which I think drastically changed the gameplay. So I've played a decent amount of these platforming games, but this ability, I think, made this game so unique compared to any other 2D platformer. Well, because there was also certain points where they'd give you they'd give you a hidden spot or you know a hidden uh, ability point, something along those lines, and there would be ways that you could do it without special skills if you were just good enough by you know maybe using that bash or timing your jumps a little bit. Whereas in that same ability point four skills later when you have a triple jump you just get right up there and it's no problem so i like that there was even parts of the game that you know you could choose your own challenge a little bit if that i don't know if that makes sense yeah no it does so i gotta ask you keith i remember last week when we played tomb raider you hated the fact that in tomb raider even when you got new abilities it encouraged you to go back to old environments and explore it for more treasure which you hated in Tomb Raider, but I remember you told me in this game that you actually enjoyed it. So part of it, I think, is game layout, just on the 2D level. 
it's just way easier to read. I, I didn't love the mapping in Tomb Raider myself, but I, I just felt like it was more fun to do. It was like, yeah, I could go back and I could blast open a door with a gun, but it went from my shotgun could first take out wood to now it could take out metal, but that didn't feel more exciting. With this game, when I would go back, I'm now getting the ability to do a triple jump or I have to burst across and like I, I really have to combine like or you have to combo out those skills, I guess. So it just it felt more gratifying when, when you actually did it. Yeah, see I disagree because for me it really irritated me, especially at the, at the beginning when you would go in six different directions and every single time you did not have the ability to go further and you finally found a way to go and there was like a trick that you would kind of have to do and for me like if i was like stuck on that especially after like searching and searching and searching for a place to even go and then trying to like to do it like 20 times it was so annoying i don't get any satisfaction from like failing 50 times and finally succeeding. I'm just like, well, that was annoying. But then having to go back to these like different areas and you have so many different places to go, like the OCD in me was just like hating that I was leaving so many areas unfinished. Because think like every area that I that you go to, you have to leave something unfinished. And you're like, and you can actually like see things that you need to, um, to collect. And it's just like, it just really frustrated me. I don't know what it was. Which but. is weird because you loved it in Tomb Raider. You loved going back in other areas in Tomb Raider to collect those things. I did, but there was just so much with this game. Like like I said, like you'd start out in one area and then you'd go six different ways. You're like, can't go this way, can't go this way. And it's like, I feel like I didn't actually end up revisiting every single place. I thought there was far less of that in this game. There's only 15 energy cells... Uh, 12 health points and then 33 skills I think so there was actually less items that you had to collect than in Tomb Raider well it wasn't just items but it was also just exploring new areas so for instance like it takes you a while to be able to go into the water and there's a lot of places where you'd have to like abandon that area so the, the, sometimes it was just like not being able to explore an area not necessarily collecting something I guess I can kind of see it but I think I think we're just going to agree to disagree on this one. See, I, I find it interesting, too, where you, you don't like that you were going back to these areas. But for me, I liked going back to the areas as well. Like, I'm more on the side with Keith. Because generally when you're going back to these areas, you have different abilities. And it makes these areas that you struggled with a lot easier. Well, I didn't dislike it. I'm just saying that when I started and I was starting out in an area, it bothered me that I had to leave without finishing it. It's not that I had a problem going back. It's just like I didn't want to leave it unfinished. It just bothered me. But I also feel like going back, sometimes I developed like more skills. So for instance, doing like the double jump and stuff, when I first started doing that, I like really struggled. And then it was just like so easy by the time I got back there. And so like there are certain areas where it definitely benefited to hone your skills more. So I definitely get why they did it. But yeah, I don't know. And that's why I find it interesting too that you don't like it, like that this is kind of a negative point for you. Is because even as you're saying, you notice that the game is making you better and it's like testing you and that you're just, you've naturally got better at this game. Like and I, 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 most people, it's like an accomplishment. Like, oh, this was such a hard area for me, but look at me now, I can do this no problem. I don't blame the game. I blame my own impatience. And it's the same thing where, like, there were some times, there's one time in particular, I died, it must have been 50 times on this one 
stupid thing. It was so stupid. And I remember being so irritated and I ended up stopping the game and then, you know, getting a little snack and then come back. And I did it the first try. So sometimes I really do feel like I'm my own worst enemy with certain things. But yeah, I don't blame the game. It's just like, for me, I just, I, like I said. I for someone with very little it. patience, attest to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't, I just want to be able to do everything at once. I understand why they do it the way they do. And it actually is exciting when you get a new ability. Um, so for instance, like the dash or like when you jump and dash and stuff, it's so convenient and it's so fun to learn. But just like impatient me wants to be able to do everything at once. I at least get what you mean when you say like you always felt limited, maybe. Yeah. Like there was just always something that you knew you were supposed to do or you wanted to do, but you couldn't do it. But yeah, that, that's where once you get far enough into the game and you get all those skills, then it's just, I had a blast. I probably spent a good two and a half hours at least of just not progressing the story, just going back and collecting things because I knew it was going to help me a lot by doing it. And I was just having a lot of fun honing in on all the skills that I had just acquired. So. Yeah, I had no issue going back to like a lot of the environments as well because I generally loved seeing the environments alone and going back and revisiting these areas, it just made me, it just reminded me how much I really love this game. Even replaying it, I was like, ah, this game is just so well made from the art style to the gameplay and then to the audio. The audio in the game, I think it's just absolutely top notch. The orche- like orchestra music they have going with it is absolutely gorgeous. I, I hate the saying because it's so cliche, but I legitimately feel like the music is a more of a main character to this game. <laughs> I always hate when people say music as a character, but the music but does the such a good true. job. It is, because with this game, the music does such a better job narrating as to what's going on with the story than any of the text dialogues you're getting. And so that's why I generally feel like the, the music itself was a better character in this game than the tree. Because I, mean, I felt I like I don't disagree. Yeah, because you always knew like, oh, something's going on. Like this is obviously like a dark time. Oh, this is like a nice, happy, bright moment. How they compose the music, I think, is fantastic. And like they know, obviously, too, because with the sequel, they did a fantastic job showing the trailer with the sequel with an awesome piano solo. But I remember at one point, Liz, you were getting frustrated with the game that you actually muted the TV because you were getting so frustrated with it. And I felt like it was painful to watch <laughs> playing this game on mute. Is seriously the worst thing in the world. Like, I did not think it would be as... Like, I was like, okay, I'm just overreacting. Like, I'm sure I'll get used to watching Liz playing on mute. But I was, like, getting infuriated. I was like, I... This game, like, is... This game needs music. No, it wasn't, like... It was just for that one area, because I kept dying, and you hear that dying noise over and over again. But also, I do the same thing when I'm driving. Like, if I need to concentrate, i got to turn down the radio, and it's the same thing. Like, I was just like, okay, I need to concentrate, so I muted it. But I wouldn't, like, mute the game the whole time. Yeah, it was just that one part. But even then, you, you had it off for, like, five minutes, and I was like... It was driving me insane. <laughs> I was like, this game needs music. It needs to be played with, like, headphones. There, there. Oh, I played it with headphones. That's... That's something I would definitely stand by as an opinion. But there was one point that I I was close to doing that, and it was the fire temple at the end because it just starts out with a screech of the owl. Oh yes, and, oh and that if was you frustrating. Die, it is brutal that you just hear that. I I probably put in about seventy of my deaths on that on that temple, so I heard the that owl a lot. Because <laughs> there was also points where I would just get so mad where I would just stop moving and I would just let it kill me for like 30 seconds because I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to try again. 
You were hoping the owl would get so overfed that it would stop going after you. Like, man, it's just not that good anymore. You know, like you, you eat too much of the same thing, and all of a sudden you think, yeah, I, I don't feel like that right now. But yeah, the music just was like so intense. Whenever you did the temples, whenever you're doing the escape sequence of the temples, the music just gets your heart pumping like crazy. Which is already like crazy enough because the gameplay that's going on, everything's exploding and you got to move fast because the water's rising and the music is just adding on to that tension. Your blood pressure is just like going through the roof and your heart's racing. But it, it's such a phenomenal feeling though, especially when you complete it. When you complete it, like you feel like you just accomplished so much. So I, I don't think I told you this story actually, Andrew, but the first time I beat the fire temple... You get you get that feeling, right? I did yeah. it. It's over. I carried through, and I went through, and the first thing I fought, I died to. And you know what I hadn't done? I hadn't what? saved. Oh, no. Wait, so did you have to do the fire temple over again? I had to do the fire temple twice. <laughs> That's weird. And, it, it will and, autosave every once in a while. It didn't autosave on that. I don't yeah, think I got there. far enough. I think I hit just some spikes that were hanging out on a wall or something. <laughs> and it was it was one of those moments, though, that we talked about this. You know, that like, I wanted to throw my controller, but all I did is I just took a deep breath and went, you're an idiot. You're such an <laughs> idiot. And I only had myself to blame. The, the saving of this game really kind of is, like, a nice callback to kind of old school games. Back when, like, games were, like, uh, on, like, MS-DOS, where you, no game had autosave. You always just had to remember to hit, like, F4 to quick save. This is what this game implemented, where it didn't have an autosave... You always just had to remember, because if you didn't, you would like just beat yourself up. You would be like, oh, "How was I so dumb to forget to save?" It was always the worst too when you use them like too quickly. Like you had like say like two saves left, and then you use the two, and then you're like, "Crap, I need that so bad right now." Yeah, because it would limit you on your saves because you had energy, and it costs energy to save. So yeah, yeah you, you kind of had to do a balance end, though, with it. That yeah, by the end, you had plenty of energy. Non-issue. It's yeah. very much at the end about just your your skills and what you do with the game which also was kind of a nice thing about this game is they they kind of as they built up the game they went okay we gave the ability to combo all these cool jumps and dashes and wall jumps do them and and they test your wills so it i really i really loved how they did that and that's what i like about this game by the end of it like you feel like you're just kind of an acrobat ninja and you can just quickly fly through a lot of these areas especially with all the abilities they give you you feel like you can just travel through everywhere without even touching the ground. I will say I do love a game where you can jump. I don't know what it is. Even if it's not necessary, it bothers me when you can't jump in a game. And then, so, like, we're playing this game, and then today I started a game where you can't jump, and it really bothered me because I'm used to doing all these flips and stuff. Oh, And now you just stuck to the ground. Yep. That is That is an absolute just killer when you when you switch games like that and you're so used to something like this you know go from go from apex legends to battlefield and you think you can slide everywhere and oh how wrong you are (laughs) (laughs) or when you go to a game that always has an auto save feature and then you go to a game like this where you have to remember to save Woo, you learn real quick well you know where it kind of made me feel like a little bit and a little bit of a callback but parts of ashen where sometimes I was just like, I pushed myself too far, and, and I didn't need to, and I just lost all this money. Yeah. But in this but this one was just so much different, because you had so much more control of it, and I often didn't use that control to my advantage. Yeah, this game definitely was about 
teaching you the mechanics and how you're supposed to master them. In which you can definitely kind of see that they wanted you to master these skills on some of the achievements they had there. Because a lot of the achievements, overall I think this is a pretty good game to for achievement hunters. Because you can get a majority of these achievements from just progressing through the game. But a lot of the achievements were skill based. As you were saying earlier, Keith, there's an achievement to beat this game on one life mode. Which, as you can kind of suspect, Never the game literally gives you one life. You have to beat this entire game in one life. Which, as you've heard from our death count, is pretty hard to do because you easy. will be dying a lot. It's not very easy at all. So for me, I 100% of the game, and I got just about every achievement except for, I think, about five. There's, yeah, one to beat the game in under three hours, which is specifically designed for speedrunners, which, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah, there's one to beat the game on hard mode. There's one to beat it on one life mode. And there was, like, another one. But for the most part, as long as you just go and kind of collect everything, which isn't too hard in this game, because as you progress in this game, you actually get the ability to reveal the locations of the collectibles. So if you just kind of put your time in, there's some to, like, throw an enemy into spikes. Uh, there was some to juggle a rock five times in the air before it hits the ground. Some of them are kind of skill-based, which I thought were kind of nice, because this game, it gives you your story achievement once, but there's some where it kind of makes you go out of your way and actually practice these skills that this game is trying to hone for you to give you a nice achievement for them. Yeah, in a lot of ways, the game kind of felt like it was always in tutorial mode, but yeah. on the hardest level. <laughs> Trial by fire. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it would give you a, it would give you a new ability, and it would give you like one area to kind of practice that ability, and then it's like, well, have fun jumping across these spikes while using that ability and juggling off enemies. Good luck. Yeah, I, that was another thing I did in addition to like when I did my collecting. I spent some time just going around collecting achievements. So, you know, I have all these skills, so why not put them to the test? There's a few I still don't. I don't know if I'm not understanding them right, but. I you know like juggling or bashing off an enemy ten times. I don't. I mean, maybe you couldn't tell me this, but is it a is it a unique enemy? Because I sat there and bashed back and forth between about two characters for a while and never hit the ground, but never got an achievement. So I don't I don't know what I was missing on that one. I can't fully remember how I got that one. From what I remember, I think I did it off a pack of owls, and I just kept yeah. going back and forth on the owls. It might it might have to be like some sort of cooldown between because I might have even just bashed off the same one like four or five times in a row at one point but all in all like you said it's it's largely beatable and if i if i go back which i intend to i figure myself i can get all of the all the achievements aside from the ridiculous ones the speed run the the one life mode and all that so largely largely good for for collecting achievements if it's a game you haven't played before so as of right now this game on metacritic has an 88 what do you guys think? Do you guys agree with that? Disagree? Why? So I'll start it out, I guess, since it was my pick. And this might be one of the ones I probably closest agree with. I would maybe go as far as a nine, but that's just because I, I really loved this game. I actually beat it in like two sittings, largely. I just got really involved and played it for like six hours straight twice. So I loved it. I think I would do it a little bit lower. Um, I did enjoy the game, and I loved like learning the skills and everything. I feel like it actually like helped me play other games better too, because I I definitely felt like I learned a lot of patience and like actually like coordinating jumps and stuff. But I think like the lack of the story 
that was kind of like a big thing for me. I felt like I wasn't really playing for anything. I didn't really like, I was like, I don't really care if like I know the story. So I don't know. I was thinking between like a 75 and an 80. I think I'd be like generous because it was beautiful. The music, the skills, it was, it was fun. I saw it maybe like an, maybe an 80, a generous 80. For me, I'd probably give this game probably around like a 9.3. Because everything about the game I loved. The biggest fault I thought was the story. I enjoyed the characters. I thought the characters were nice design. And they were really cute. And they were really... Even though they didn't really talk much, I enjoyed the characters. But I thought the overall story just didn't make much sense. And it didn't drive me at all. But everything else about the game I thought was fantastic. The combat's a little flat. But the platforming is really good. The atmosphere is top-notch. The music is one of the best. You could easily listen to this music in your car. If you could just get the CD and like drive in your car, well, it may relax you too much in your car. <laughs> but it's definitely something you could easily listen to on your like way to work. I know what I'm looking up on Spotify on my way to work tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You, you can totally just... this. The music in this game is really good. And so I for probably me, use the relaxation on, on my commute. So. Well, until like, the music of the Fire Temple comes, and that'll probably get you all <laughs> tense again triggered but everything in this game i thought was is beautifully done the fact that this is this moon studios first game i i can't wait for the sequel the sequel to me just looks like they just turned everything up a notch i think it'll be better i think i'm gonna like the sequel a lot better i'm sure it's gonna be a lot harder but it looks like they, they're doing a better job of the combat and it looks like it's probably more in depth of the story the environments are a lot more interesting too so i'm i'm really looking forward to the sequel i i absolutely agree hands down as soon as that game comes out is it assuming it will be on game pass day one is that it should be so moon studio is a microsoft owned studio and microsoft said any first party games will be released on game pass so more than likely yes day one it should be released on game pass and yet another reason i love my game pass so currently at full retail value on the microsoft store or in the blind force is 20 bucks would you guys recommend this to a friend who doesn't have Game Pass? Absolutely. This might be the first one that I not only agree with the price, if it was 30 Either that or I'd just smack him upside the head and say, pay 10 bucks for Game Pass for a month and get this game. That would be my other option. I don't know. I, I think that for that price... I mean, I would recommend it to like certain friends. Um, 20 bucks. I think the amount of effort they put into the game, it's worth 20 I mean, I feel like I would personally like to pay like 15 for it because I feel like that's how much enjoyment I got out of it. But $20, yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely do 20 I would even kind of agree with you, Keith, and say 30 I probably wouldn't go above that due to the fact that cause the game's a little short. But everything about this game, it's, it's, it's a wonderful experience to play this game. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, just, just as an appreciation of the artwork and the time that clearly went into this game, and for a first-time game studio... I just think it's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, oh, I I'm, forgot I'm about totally that. I, I would agree that like you maybe not be able to recommend this game to everyone because even with Liz being the noob, she obviously struggled with it, but she still found enjoyment with it. But it is it is a very difficult game. I don't think I would have kept going if it wasn't for the podcast. Like I feel like most of the time I put into it, it was because I had to. But I also feel like. I would play for a while and I'd really enjoy it and then there'd just be one thing in the game that just like frustrated me and I just didn't want to play anymore or I'd get like like in a certain section that I hated 
so yeah, that's I think that's my biggest problem with it was that there were some times that I loved it and sometimes and I was like, is this over? <laughs> I just wanted to end. <laughs> Quit killing me. Hey, at the very least, you weren't getting your throat slashed in this game. So there's that. That's true. The deaths were a lot better. <laughs> yeah, the deaths, the deaths were a lot more friendly in this one. All right, well, that about does it for us here. You can follow us on Twitter at GPGBpod. Uh, tell us who you agree with on this episode. Tell us what if you're Team Owl or Team Tree. You can follow us at Game Pass Grab Bag on Podbean. Like and subscribe us to whatever audio device you are listening to us to, because we're on all the things now, including Spotify. I have been your host, Andrew. And I've been your other host, Keith. And Liz the Noob. You can also email us at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. You can follow me on Xbox Live at Firebird01844, where I also stream games on Mixer with the same gaming tag. And you can find me in the same location, only under the tag Lil Fluffy, and also streaming weekly games as well as others. And my gamer tag is come on, I'm Dean, but I do not stream. It just exists. Yeah. So be sure to follow us on Twitter and send us a message or an email telling us what you like, what we can improve on. Uh, next week will be Liz's pick. Liz, what are we going to play next week? Alien Isolation. I'm so excited. It's going to be interesting. So it's a horror survival horror game. game. <laughs> this, will, this will be interesting. I uh, also want to give a huge shout out to our friend Max with our amazing intro song. And another big shout out to our friend Chaz at Real Movie Talk Podcast. That's real with two E's. Uh, for our amazing picture that he gave us for our podcast, which I absolutely love our picture. Um, I'm it. I hope you all have a wonderful week. day. We'll be Woo! coming to you every week on Wednesday. We hope to see you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God.